Welcome to California Ballot Breakdown from KPFA, where we take you through the races down the ballot, the money behind the campaigns, give everyone enough time to make their best argument, and try to get them off their talking points. Today? It's got something for everyone, if you will. It's a special interest giveaway. The single most expensive topic to hit the California ballot in state history is sports betting. And we're looking at not one, but two ballot initiatives to legalize and in some form regulate it. We're going to have a debate on Proposition 26 and a brief discussion about Proposition 27, whose campaign seems to be folding up operations owing to dismal polls. Then we'll speak to Taryn Luna from the LA Times, who's been digging into the massive sums of money behind both sides of both campaigns. That's coming up next on California Ballot Breakdown. Hey, a quick note on what you're about to hear. This debate originally aired live on the program I host on KPFA, Upfront, the morning of Wednesday, October 12th. There's a full debate on Proposition 26. We could not get the yes side on Proposition 27 to give us someone to put into the debate ring. Uh, They had just gotten some pretty dismal polling numbers before we started putting the requests in and pulled a lot of their ad buys. So maybe that's understandable. Nevertheless, uh, we don't let a campaign's unwillingness to speak to the media keep us from covering it. So we also had a brief discussion with the main campaign against Proposition 27. All right, let's go to the radio. We're going to start our sprint through some of the biggest ballot initiatives at the top of your ballot here in California. And this morning, we're starting with the most expensive fight, which is over whether to legalize and how to regulate sports betting. This is Propositions 26 and 27 collectively. There is more than half a billion dollars that has gone into the pro and con side making them far and away the largest source of political expenditures in California history. Uh, We're going to be talking about Prop 27 in a few minutes. We'll start with a debate on Proposition 26, which in brief proposes to legalize sports betting at both tribal casinos and at racetracks to also legalize roulette and dice games at tribal casinos to tax about 10% of the profits, that is, net of any prizes paid out, and to create a citizen enforcement mechanism for gambling regulations, which would give private individuals the right to sue if the State Department of Justice does not step in. Uh, That seems to be what has sparked most of the opposition from other gambling interests in the state. We're going to get into it with two people working on the campaigns. On the pro side of Proposition 26, Kathy Fairbanks, spokesperson for the joint campaign that is yes on 26 and no on 27. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And on the con side, Becky Warren, who's a spokesperson for the No on 26 Coalition. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you. Kathy, since you're in the affirmative, um, why don't you start by, by making the case for, for what you're proposing? And I think the bigger case, most of us voters in California working our way through a multi-page ballot are asking, why is this something for the voters to decide? Uh, this propositions 26 and 27 both deal with sports betting as you laid out at the top. Um, proposition 26 is a more responsible approach to establishing sports betting in California 
um, adults would be allowed to bet on sports in uh, regulated tribal casinos and horse tracks in California. Um, this measure is sponsored by tribes in California, and it's it's got something for everyone, if you will. Um, tribes will be able to improve their self-sufficiency through um, the expanded operations at the tribal casinos. There is revenue for the state of California included in Proposition 26, tens of millions of dollars. And we believe that this is a, a more responsible approach than 27 for establishing sports betting in California. And I should note, you mentioned the enforcement provision at the top in your description. Um, the card room casinos in California are opposed to Proposition 26 solely for this provision. They've said publicly that they have no problem with Prop 26, no problem with establishing sports betting in California tribal casinos and horse tracks. They are opposed to a very narrow provision in Prop 26 that is designed to crack down on um, illegal activity in card rooms. And they have a very bad track record of money laundering, drug trafficking. They've been fined millions of dollars and Proposition 26 would help uh, corral that bad activity. Well, let's let the no side speak for themselves. Uh, Becky Warren, you want to make the case against 26? Yeah, thank you. Um, We represent a large coalition of local government officials, uh, union members, and animal welfare advocates. And, um, you know, our opposition is not uh, regarding whether or not tribal casinos should or should not have sports betting or whether it should be in person or online. But we have two major areas of concern. First, the bit, one of our areas of concern is the massive expansion of gambling, which includes expansion of in-person sports betting to private horse racing tracks. The massive um, expansion of gambling would also uh, be exclusive almost entirely to tribal casinos, giving them a near monopoly. Um, this is because there's also a poison pill provision that <laughs> would not only expand their exclusivity to gaming, but would actually aim to increase their market share at the expense of highly regulated licensed businesses that have operated for sometimes over 100 years, the California card rooms. And that poison pill would allow for a private right of action for anyone to file limitless lawsuits against a gambling establishment just on what games they play. And that's mainly because they haven't been able to get anyone else to agree with them, including a former attorney general such as Kamala Harris and Jerry Brown. Um, Then this is why many local governments also oppose because they'll lose millions in tax revenues and jobs. And that's why city of San Jose opposes this measure. The other main reason our coalition opposes Prop 26 is because it's a special interest giveaway that hands millions to four private horse race tracks, including Golden Gate Fields. And it's basically a lifeline to a dying business that gives millions of dollars to the horse tracks. And what's crazy about this initiative is that it requires to continue horse, live horse racing tracks, racing in order to get sports wagering. And just let's look at their industry alone is that they, this industry has led to the death of 1,600 horses over the last 10 years just in California. So we just do not believe constitutionally providing this kind of handout to pre- for private racetracks is the right thing to do. And because of the poison pill and giveaway, 
to this horse track is why local governments, unions, animal advocates, and every major newspaper in California, including the San Francisco Chronicle and LA Times, opposes Prop 26. So I, I kind of want to clarify where the differences are before we dig into them. Um, you, you're highlighting two things that are somewhat peripheral to the main thrust of Prop 26, the, the inclusion of racetracks and the private right of enforcement. Are you saying if those were not in Prop 26, your your coalition would not be fighting it? You have no problem in principle with the legalization of sports betting? I think our our issue is that this initiative has lots of different provisions well beyond sports betting so that we encourage voters to actually look carefully at this because things like this poison pill provision will harm many, many communities with lack of tax revenue and loss of jobs. And then the question is, should we be giving horse trucks this sports wagering um, under the condition that they have to continue to have live horse racing? I would also like to point out that the tax provisions only are taxed on these horse trucks. The tribal casinos are not taxed and the private right of action they're also exempted from. Let me, Kathy Fairbanks, let, let's go through let's go through these whoa, 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 let's go through these one at a time. Uh, do you want to start at the back on the taxes? Sure. Um, tribal casinos don't pay what you know quote unquote taxes because they're sovereign nations. They can't be taxed. However, they enter into what are called state tribal compacts, and they offer and they provide a revenue share to the state of California. Um, so it's, it's, you know, technically not a tax, but it functions as a tax, if you will, but it's through a negotiated compact between tribes and the state of California. So they share revenue every year on their operations. They've been doing it for 20 years. And, um, so I just wanted to clarify that as it relates to the, the enforcement provision in proposition 26, it was carefully drafted to specifically discourage and prevent frivolous lawsuits against the card rooms. For example, there is specific language in Proposition 26 that says all settlements, all civil penalties will go to the state of California for enforcement actions, not to attorneys, not to anybody else, but to the state of California. Similarly, the Proposition 26 doesn't allow attorneys to collect attorney's fees. So when you back up and you look at it and you think, okay, you know, attorneys are trying, you know, whenever an attorney is filing a meritless lawsuit or a frivolous lawsuit, they're looking to get something out of it. They want to generate revenue for themselves. Prop 26 specifically prohibits that from happening. So this idea that there will be multiple lawsuits against card rooms is just flat out false. Um, Fair enough. Let finally, me let me ask why why include the private enforcement action in in the drafting of this initiative <laughs> at all? It, it it's has, clearly it a has, main point of contention with your opposition. Right, right. It has to do with something called house banked games, and it's a section of the Penal Code, Section three thirty. Um, card rooms have been operating and violating Section three thirty of the Penal Code. But because tribes are sovereign nations, they don't technically have they don't have standing to take this issue to court. And it's been festering out there uh, for a number of years. 
and they would like to take one case to court to um, solve and to finally get a decision from a judge on whether or not card rooms are allowed to offer house bank games or not. Card rooms, and I'm sure Becky would agree, card rooms say, no, 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 we're allowed to do this. It's not in violation of law. Tribal Tribes disagree, and we want to take it to court, or tribes do, to get a, get a judge to answer that question and get a final settlement on the ruling. And if tribes believe they're operating legally, then they should have no problem going to court and getting a judgment from a judge to prove them correct and the tribe's wrong. But obviously they're panicking over this and trying to cloud the issue, and um, it's just, you know, it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. And, you know, in the, there was a legislative hearing earlier this summer, and I, you know, you, you brought this up earlier. The card, the card room funded campaign, and mind you, it's funded 100% by card room, or nearly 100%, uh, about 40 plus million dollars from card room casinos. And they said at the ledge hearing, as you pointed out, they don't have concerns about Prop 26 except for this provision. I think maybe they did mention the tracks. I don't recall specifically, but. Um, you know, our, we, you know, horse tracks are already established sports betting locations. And if we want to do something to put them out of business or regulate them further, that's a job for the legislature. This is something that they're already doing. They're already sports betting. We do not like this idea that the horses are mistreated. Um, Sorry, I, Becky Warren, I'll come back to you for a response in a second. Kathy, how, how is that a job for the legislature and what you're proposing in Prop 26 is not? Like the, the level of explaining you've had to go into the nuance of an enforcement mechanism in something that California's entire electorate is expected to weigh in on. Why shouldn't that be running through like staffed legislative hearings with paid professionals tweaking the language and testimony by experts and give and take among stakeholders and, and put into a law that can be carefully adjusted if it does if it has unforeseen consequences why why run 130 million dollars taking this to the ballot well it, it's a it's an issue that um just so just to be clear gambling is an issue that is in the state constitution so even if the legislature were to come up with some type of agreement it still would need to be ratified by voters. So that's the answer. I mean, it, that's why both Proposition 26 and 27 are on the ballot, because it's a constitutional issue and it must be, sports betting must be, um, you know, ratified or voted on by voters because it's a constitutional issue. Okay. Becky Warren, do you want to respond to Kathy? Uh, yeah, sure. There's, I mean, I think you did, you hit the nail on the head is that why is this provision in there? there? There's just one simple reason is because, you know, there's a few uh, wealthy tribes, not if you notice Prop 26 only has a fraction of the number of tribes supporting Prop 26 as opposing to Prop 27. And this poison pill provision is, is a way to get around to something that a few of these tribes have wanted for a long time to take out their competition. And the way they've tried is through the legislature they've felt. They've tried through the courts they've felt. They've tried through multiple attorney generals, including the vice president of the United States and the former governor of this state, and they have failed. And it's because they, it's just, card rooms are allowed, they're highly regulated by two state agencies and local governments, and for 
um, the proponents of this initiative to to say that... Becky, you're, you're rehashing points you've already made before and our time is limited. I'd like to ask you to respond to specific, specifically to the point Kathy Fairbanks made, that there there's not a business model here, there's not a cottage industry in, in what you called the frivolous lawsuits, oh, okay, the way the mechanism talking, set so up. Sure this would exactly This would produce one large... Let me finish. This would produce, she says, uh, one large case that would test the issue uh, of whether card rooms can act as the bank for games. Oh, yeah, that's not accurate because that's not how it's written. And in fact, you can they, the way it's written is that you can even file a lawsuit against a customer, potentially. And um, the only people that to, that would be interested in filing these lawsuits is tribal casinos um, because of the way that it is written. So it is, we expect limitless lawsuits from the tribal casinos attorneys. I just, I, I And again, not, not to recover attorney's fees or penalties, but you're saying just for the sake of putting their competition out of business? Right, because that has been the way that they've tried through the legislature, the attorney general, and through the courts, and they have not been accomplished their goal yet. Kathy no, Fairbanks, I, you want to respond quickly you, before we wrap this yeah, up and move on to 27? Yeah, I can assure you this is a one-and-done situation. It, it, it is specifically related to addressing house bank games. There will be one lawsuit to determine if it's legal or not, and then everyone will move on. Um, and I think that the, the claims that this will lead to multiple lawsuits, frivolous lawsuits, are just, are, you know, they're hyperbolic, they're meritless, these accusations are not true. There's no incentive for anyone to do that. That's where you should kind of look. What is the incentive? Where would the money come from? Where would the money go? And it's a one and done situation. Well, there was a hundred... Kathy Fairbanks, I'm going to ask you... I'm going to ask... Hold on, hold on. Uh, Kathy Fairbanks, I'm going to ask you to stick with us because we'll discuss Proposition 27 in a minute. Becky Morin, we gave her the first word on Prop 26, so we will give you the last. Go ahead. I would just encourage that voters uh, take a hard look at Prop 26. This is why we have every newspaper in the state has opposed this. This is why local governments probably in your own communities have opposed this. This is why uh, city and state unions have opposed this. So we encourage you to um, oppose Prop 26. All right, that's the voice of Becky Warren, a spokesperson for the No on 26 campaign. Uh, latest filings we've looked at put the, the funding that's gone into the campaign at about $43 million, mostly from non-tribal gambling businesses. Our other guest has been Kathy Fairbanks, who's a spokesperson for the Yes on 26, No on 27 coalition. Uh, they've recorded about $130 million in donations going towards supporting 26, mostly from tribes that run casinos. Uh, Kathy, you're also the spokesperson for the No on 27 campaign. Uh, the, the Yes on 27 campaign didn't respond to our request to have someone participate in the debate, so we're going to run through your arguments quickly. Uh, the summary I've got is this is another sports betting initiative. Uh, what it would do is it would give gaming tribes and outside companies that enter agreements with gaming tribes uh, the ability to do online sports betting, which is not contemplated by Prop 26. It would tax 10% of the profits in addition to paying for uh, attendant regulations. Uh, about 85% of what's left would go towards a, a fund meant to address homelessness and gambling addiction. 
and a, a small portion to tribes that don't involve themselves with gambling. Why do you think sports gambling is is good at casinos but not in the internet? Uh, it all has to do with um, how to regulate and make sure that anyone betting is um, of legal age. And with Prop 27, it's online sports betting as opposed to Prop 26, which is in person where you can check IDs. Um, tribes support Prop 26. 50 plus tribes oppose Proposition 27. It's a massive expansion of gambling. The measure was written by out of state corporations to benefit them. And 90% of the revenue immediately goes to them. Any of the, all the profits taken right off the top goes to the companies. Uh, leaving 10% left over for California and for um, the homeless effort here. They claim Prop 27 is a solution to homelessness. Um, but the out-of-state corporations drafted a number of loopholes into the measure into Prop 27, allowing them to make deductions from that 10% tax they're supposed to be giving to the state of California. And it will amount to pennies on the dollar. And, uh, you know, it's being positioned as a solution to homelessness. It's not... It represents a massive expansion of gambling that turns every cell phone, laptop, gaming console, um, anything, you know, that gets you online becomes a gambling device. And there's no way, there's no foolproof way to ensure that kids aren't setting up fake accounts and gambling online. And that's really the concern of a lot of voters in California is this, you know, ability for kids and people underage to set up accounts and start gambling um, and that's why it looks like it's going to fail. There have been two public polls recently that show that Prop 27 only has about 27% voter support. So it, that's, that's good news. It looks like it's going to fail on November 8th. How do you respond to someone who looks at the fact that your no campaign is, is running largely on, on money from tribal gambling interests and say... Um, the actual concern here is not about the harms of online gambling. It's about the competition. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's definitely true. I mean, it's not a, it, it, the concern from tribes is that this measure will undercut um, their uh, sovereignty and their self-sufficiency. And, you know, sports betting is just the first step in all of this. The companies themselves, the DraftKings CEO was quoted at a gaming conference not too long ago saying, that their eventual goal is to go beyond sports betting and just have eye gambling. So eye poker, eye blackjack, eye whatever, name it, and it'll be bet on on your phone. And eventually that will undercut the tribal casinos in California. And, you know, tribes for 20 years, 20 plus years, voters granted tribes the exclusive right to offer casino style gambling in California. We got to keep that in mind. This is, you know, tribes went to voters and voters affirmed that. And, you know, for the last 20 plus years, tribes have really done a good job being responsible stewards of gambling. And, you know, they've, they've generated revenue for the state. They annually support 150,000 jobs, 12 billion in wages, 26 billion in economic activity. And as I mentioned earlier, they share that revenue with smaller tribes and with the state of California and local governments. So it's really been a successful partnership with the tribes and, and communities in California, and Prop 27 undercuts that. All right, that's all the time. We'll have to leave that there. Kathy Fairbanks, thank you very much. Thank you. Kathy Fairbanks is a spokesperson for the Yes on 26, No on 27 uh, coalition.
Again, the, the spending that we have in the latest figures on the Proposition 27 campaign, this is the initiative that would legalize online sports betting. Uh, the yes side of it has clocked about $170 million, mostly from online gaming companies. The no side, $204 million, mostly from gaming tribes. The amount of money that has gone into the pro and con sides of Props 26 and 27 makes sports betting the most expensive ballot initiative fight in the history of California politics. So we thought it would be worth taking some time to lift the hood and look in more detail at the numbers. We're joined by Taryn Luna, who covers California politics for the L.A. Times. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us. I... <laughs> I am so curious about the backstory. Why is 2022 the year that we wound up with not one, but two sports betting initiatives drawing breathtaking sums of money to get in front of voters? Well, like all things lately, I think we can point to the pandemic. So um, some of these ballot measures started raising money to get on the ballot, these initiatives and these groups back as early as 2019 with the hopes of landing on the 2020 ballot. As you recall, the pandemic hit, we had a lot of closures for businesses. People were afraid to go out of their homes for a period of time and that affected signature gathering. So some of these groups had pushed courts to give them extensions on their signature gathering after it looked like they weren't going to land on the 2020 ballot because of the pandemic. And then that pushed us out uh, to where we are today for the 2022 ballot. Um, there was also a lot of court battles and other things that have happened, rules around sports betting that had happened kind of nationally that opened this up. Uh, but really, the reason why they're all landing on the pandemic at the same or on the ballot at the same time is largely due to the pandemic. Had that not happened, we would have had one in 2020 and likely others this year. Can you walk us through uh, where some of the biggest expenditures are coming from? Yeah. So, I mean, if you recall, there was there's there's two different ballot measures here, of course, 26, which would do in-person sports gambling and 27 that would allow it to be online and in person. There was talk of a third ballot measure for a while that was going to be allowing uh, online sports betting, but it would largely be controlled by tribal casinos. And that was going to be pushed by tribal casinos. They decided at the last minute that they were not going to put three measures on the ballot and instead pushed a lot of their attention to opposing 27. So that's uh, San Manuel Band of Mission Indians. They've put a lot of money into the opposition for 27. The support for 27 has come from online gambling companies, FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, and they've put a ton of money into it. Those two sides alone have put almost $350 million, give or take, out of more than four hundred and fifty million that we've seen so far go into these measures. Now, the online sports betting companies, I, I gather they're not technically allowed to operate in California. I also gather it is not that hard for a motivated person in California to figure out how to place bets online. 
Yeah, you're definitely right with that. I mean, this would change the Constitution to allow sports betting outside of tribal casinos, which would be a, you know, a big hit to the tribes or so a lot of them think. But yeah, I mean, right now, you can participate in illegal gambling online if that's what you really want to do in California. It, we just had both sides debating Proposition 26 and the, the aspects of 26 that they seem to be at odds over seem relatively incidental to the main purpose of the initiative, which is to, to legalize more forms of gambling at tribal casinos and racetracks. Like, they, they care about a kind of arcane enforcement provision that might be weaponized uh, against card houses. Um and, and about the fact that racetracks are involved, which brought some animal rights people into the No on 26 coalition. It, it's weird to see so much money dumped into the kind of differences that you would expect could get worked out in a smoke-filled room or a committee hearing. I mean, I think the committee hearing argument is very valid. This is something that if these two sides could have con- com- found common ground on, could have been decided in the legislature. That has not been possible. You know, you talk about the card room aspect. There has been a lot of um, animosity between tribes, tribal casinos, and card rooms going back for decades. A lot of tribes believe that card rooms should not be allowed to operate, that they are infringing on their tribal right and what they were allowed to do, which is the gaming space. So. There's a lot of animosity there between these two sides. 26 would make it easier to sue card rooms if they believe they shouldn't be operating or they're operating improperly, which has put the made the card rooms a major opposition to 26. There's a lot of backstories here, a lot of frustration between the different groups that have kind of led to these measures. Right. Close to uh, half a billion dollars in spending on the two of them so far, and we're still weeks out from Election Day. It, it must speak to how much money there is to be made with the expansion of gambling California in California. If they both go down in flames, which is what polling suggests they're heading for right now, do you think we just see one new bite at the apple after another on upcoming ballots? I think we could see another bite at the apple in the next election cycle. One would hope that they would look at the reality here and the fact that both of these have failed miserably and they would both have their tails between their legs a little bit and go to the little the legislature and negotiate an agreement. I'm not entirely sure that that's possible. So we could end up fighting this out at the ballot again. I mean, I think the amount of money also speaks in part to the hole that these groups started in, right? And especially when you look at Prop 27. And I talked to a professor for a story I worked on a while back, and he was talking a little bit about this social contract that Californians have on gambling, in which they don't necessarily love gambling, but they understand that over time, Native American tribes have been discriminated against, atrocities have been carried out against them. And this is in part um, a way to offer them something, uh, an economic opportunity to raise their tribes up. And so there's kind of a social contract, as he was describing, between Californians 
and tribes and understanding that this is their space. So when you're, you know, FanDuel, BetMGM, DraftKings, and you're these companies that are coming from out of state and you're national companies and you're trying to argue that you have a place in this gambling space in California where the Californians have given to tribes, it's a very hard argument to make. And so the idea is that you end up having to put a lot of money into the measure to try to dig yourself out of the hole. And as you can see, and you discussed earlier, the polling is so bad at this point that it's clear that no, you know, any amount of money might not have done that. <sighs> Maybe someday we'll have a discussion about what justice and reparations might look like uh, beyond gambling licenses, which I guess are more politically convenient than giving the land back. Taryn Luna, we're going to leave it there for today. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you. Have a great day. Taryn Luna covers California politics for the LA Times. That does it for this California ballot breakdown. A lot of these election segments air first as live interviews and debates on KPFA, mostly on Upfront, the show I host, which you can stream weekdays at 7 a.m. at kpfa.org. You can also subscribe to get all our election segments as their own podcast. Just search for California Ballot Breakdown wherever you subscribe to podcasts. A big thanks to Chris Lee, who produces these segments. My name is Brian Edwards Teekert. Remember, in California, your vote often has more impact at the bottom of the ballot than at the top.